0: Don't be a stupid bitch! We got Jews in the house! You fucking mark! Yes. Yo, law, that's right, infidels! It's time to head north of the border with the sap-sucking morons of Canada! And it's time to light the fuse as I'll be back to defend my heavyweight crossfire championship and slap some faces of those molsonized Ice morons. So it's time to get fully, completely so hard done by Hacker Hameem. Light the fuse, channelattitude.com. Y'all, law. <laughs> Oh, what's good? What's good, you guys? Uh, back in the studio, a uh, big uh, show this morning for the Friday Locker room with Strangler. Steve was a great one. Rent by real quick, had a good time last night hanging out with the AEW self-help. Group. Group. And I see a lot of my uh, friends from Rob Room are already back here watching live. Ben Hameen YouTube channel, twitch.tv slash Hameen Media, where we spend all your favorite Wednesday and Friday jams. And watch-alongs with your shows there, man, or wherever you're watching along with. I know Renee Dupree having a good time with his fans as well. And uh, v- Russo put out uh, some and gotcha, uh, you know, Better Call Con content as well. And Stevie breaking down uh, Tiger Driver 91 controversy uh, in a master class. has uh, got uh, everybody just uh, shook. But uh, here we are live, you guys giving it away. But uh, you can always subscribe at ChannelAttitude.com for all the great HMG shows, breakdowns, reviews of everything going on in the pro wrestling world. And uh, thank you to all my co-hosts, video editors, and uh, ho- and uploaders, and especially community members and drivers. We had a good time with the Money in the Bank Pick'Em Challenge on uh, Facebook. So if you're not participating over there, what the fuck's wrong with you? Uh, get over there on Hami Media Discussion. Cool facebook and uh have a good time with all the watch along stuff or join us here live if you can so uh i think the over under last night was uh, 9.5 belts and we came out with with nine uh, i think belts total i chose eight so i'm right in the pocket there but uh interesting uh in the very first segment we were at four belts uh six belts by hour one in so uh, <laughs> whatever your, uh, pick them belt challenge was last night at AEW, we may have exceeded at some, uh, interesting callbacks. And, uh, I don't know the show. I, I don't think it was terrible last night, but do we do big business? Do we, we kind of stepped on things at the end were confusing. Some of the women's, uh, finished stuff was a bit confusing as well. Uh, there was some moments I liked and some work that I liked last night and, and working, uh, people the right way. I thought, uh, no real excessive, excessive uh, chances. Uh, some storyline that continued. Uh, but man, I think we, we, my biggest miss from last night is not highlighting our Canadian ambassadors more. Jericho and Don Callis really had a good scene for veterans where Don Callis is now forming the Don Callis family, so we're faction creating, and Jericho's been in how many factions? And, we get a Chris Jericho answer that's true to his character that he doesn't join them. He starts them. Uh, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but, um, uh, we get ended with a maybe, and that's all right. But is that the best way to highlight our two top Canadian, um, you know, legends that we have access to on camera? And where was Ethan page is my other big thing. Like, this, this Canada tour is a, a big opportunity to make Ethan Page where they've tried a couple times and it's to no fault of his own where he gets shuffled in with uh, the group with uh, uh, Hope. MJ, Hope. Sorry, uh, MJF's uh, crew there, a hitman, or he was with Scorpio Sky, and that ended weirdly or just not at all and fizzled out. Um, and, and, man, when he was in Impact with Josh Alexander with the North, that shit was awesome. If the North was on AEW and at that level, and they were here right now, you'd have them over like the goddamn heart foundation or the British bulldogs. And to not have them on that show, I, it was, I was just scratching my head. Cause last night was a night he could have got made. He could have beat orange Cassidy. He could have taken that title. He could have really been over, man. Uh, he was on collision versus MJFC. So I'm, unaware that's what the chat's telling me but i I would uh i would uh i would have put him over here uh for another one you know what i mean come out and even if he lost to mjf this whole thing should have been even if he gets the consolation prize but that's thing having him go under there it doesn't do a ton you know so i appreciate the uh chat i appreciate chris ams and Dr. Jeff Lippman and uh, the guys doing wreckage, uh, as you can see, I'm I'm ignorant to what's going on on collision because I just don't have enough hours in the day. But I would have put him on all the flagship shows, and he's only one component, man. I, I mean, I would have had uh, you know even more with Lance Storm. Really tried to get Bret Hart, uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of different uh, highlight moments uh, for Canadian stuff to pass the torch. I would have tried to get Letter Kenny and Trailer Park Boys. Uh, I would have tried to get, uh, you know, bands that are strictly Canadian uh, flavor as well. So it's interesting, man. Uh, with those low-ticket sales, the crowd seemed hyped for what they saw. So um, regardless whether they had the J-hook shot or not, or Hard camp side was empty, I didn't feel that last night on last night's show. It felt uh, good energy. Um but a couple of confusing things. Let's check the sheets. Uh, I read a couple stories on um, the Friday Locker Room with Strangler Steve. Uh, but uh, here we are, week three. And this is what the haha everyone's going to be like, gotcha, or whatever. But uh, we have a bigger talk on the Friday Locker Room about marketing and strategy. But viewership for the third edition of AEW Collision drops under 500,000 viewers. Uh, the third episode of the series drew 452,000 viewers, uh, 0.13 rating in the P-18 to 49 demo. show was taped and aired uh, after Money in the Bank in its normal time slot. WrestleNomics says that nearly the same as Friday's Rampage, uh, also had 450,000. The show peaked fifth quarter hour for Ricky Starks and Juice Robinson at 486,000 um the week before drew 595 down from 816 on its debut so we're at about 45% drop off in 3 weeks that's rough um and it's not through the fault of anybody on the show any of the talent or i think the storyline these were just in its infancy i think this lends to a greater discussion of introducing a product to the market at the right time for it to shine, for it to have the most amount of eyes on it and to debut it, to make that first impression uh, and hopefully get them to retain and last. And Saturday at an eight o'clock primetime spot is not the way to do it in the summertime, especially, uh, you know, when people are out wanting to live life and get out after years of solitary home confinement and, being confined by old man winter and every other thing and uh that you would have for uh, you know entertainment option wise i think stevie had a, a brilliant point of what this should have been weaponized uh is going at 7:30 p.m. on a monday to 8:30 and be an hour show and then say hey we know it's NFL Monday Night Football. We can't wait to watch along with you and maybe even do like online nitro party something with the football stuff. It's not like the guy doesn't own the Jaguars as well and have a vested interest, but what are you really doing in the Cold War or not really cold? so Cold War? That's a hot war move of uh, preempting Raw to take away from their biggest kickoff where their biggest number is before they start to fall off and then pitch out and use NFL as your uh, second strike uh, to get people to tune over there. Be like, uh, you know, pitch to the games. You're doing good work for the NFL that way and hurting WWE. And those are strong moves that you don't got to sell for because you're already an owner in both of those things. So it's not like you're anybody's bitch boy for doing that. You're just promoting your own product. And that's a far better move to wait and kick off collision two months from now as that and and get so much value out of it cold war-wise when Raw's at its uh you know lowest point ever, really, and Sun Tzu would tell you in the art of war to when you're when your enemy is in retreat to gain ground, you know, like <sighs> This now the way, the way it is that five hundred thousand could go down to you know you have a really bad week in the next nine weeks while people are out doing stuff or you're up against UFC or whatever is going on right. Well, the guys on that show are who are going to suffer, and it's not their fault because people are like see CM Punk's not a draw. This guy's not a draw. This guy's not a draw. It's nothing to do with that. It's it's where they were positioned to try and do something they were already swimming against the tide there's no there's no way to do it like there's no recipes for success and that all comes down to the strategic marketing plan of when you should have launched this and how and we've seen something very similar in the video game i mean they said it wasn't a soft launch it's the official launch and there's some issues and i i guess these things get patches and fixed and uh, feedback from HMG people have been that they enjoy the game so far. So I tip my hat to them. However, we've talked about this in previous shows at nauseum that the game should have been released end of September going into the final quarter for Christmas sales, because now you got to try and reignite it all over again in another eight to 12 weeks. And unless you've got something brilliant that I've never seen before, and an update that can't miss or whatever, it's going to be tough to do that and compete with the other top dogs that are going to come out. So it seems like a confusion to me in a guy who's allegedly notoriously as statistics and demographic and numbers guy who should be able to uh, utilize this data you know uh, all types of data from uh viewer patterns metadata product uh uh you know introduction from before him and use that to his advantage and the moves i'm seeing are rush to market introduced at the wrong time for maximum value and and uh exposure really so it's interesting to me man uh as a as a marketing guy the choices they've made here and i think not to you know be what kind of person to say a toto so but you know what a toto so a fucking a toto so uh like how is nobody going time out we're, we're we're gonna lose half our sales if we would wait three months and hit it when we should have we definitely can come close to getting all our money back and making a profit the other way we're really going to have to scramble. I don't know. Real crazy. Uh, drink, uh, cough button. Weird. Somebody who seems meticulous and is really good at numbers and stat and and statistics would want to use that data once it's extrapolated as, you know, material for war and success, really. And I'm not seeing that happen. They know what it is, but then they just do the opposite. Um, And this is kind of a follow up, too, that leaves me in my head scratching where this could be the Florida bubble. So, why Malachi Black wants to work exclusively on AEW Collision? Uh, Since the show premiered on July 17th, Malachi Black and House of Black stablemates Julia Hart, Buddy Matthews, Brody King have made AEW Collision their new home. However, while AEW is yet to implement a brand split that assigns its performers to a specific show, It appears uh, that Black will be exclusive to Collision moving forward. During an interview on Bobby Fish's Undisputed podcast, Black confirmed that he'll only be working for Collision for the foreseeable future. However, the AEW World Trio's champ is perfectly valid reason for wanting to be on the Saturday show as opposed to AEW Dynamite or Rampage. He said, I requested to be strictly on Collision because I don't want people to get the pick, It's like, no, Saturday, I get to see House of Black. That's what I wanted, because if I give you the opportunity for Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, you're going to go, it really doesn't matter. Um, I, I definitely see his point of view there uh, in making himself special in a draw on that show. I don't think that's a bad idea to, to, to look at it that way. However, um, as that show goes down that's who they're gonna put it on 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 their shoulders you know these are the guys who are gonna bear the burden of that and it really isn't their fault whether it's this creative or not or anything along those lines but they're gonna throw a bunch of people under the bus the meme culture will or the AEW botches culture will uh and uh unfortunately this guy uh definitely has all the tools to be a, a top draw but what are you going to do when you don't place them in the right spot for success i think uh the rampage definitely needs to go if we're talking over saturation and we've got a brand in roh that has no tv why what are we doing on rampage next to nothing uh i think the war move is uh collision to monday 7:30 dynamite stays where it is friday is roh that's the smartest move and then you can give guys weekends off or do house shows if you want. And they just travel on Sunday to get to Monday. And if they're not on ring of honor, then at Thursday to Saturday, they can go home. That's a nice schedule for a wrestler, to be honest with you. So, uh, if they're not, so, uh, that's, uh, uh another, I think, better restructuring, in my opinion, uh, and giving your crew and letting you guys get set up. Uh, and then if you had a big pay-per-view Sunday, Sunday, then uh, at least everyone's not blown out Friday, Saturday. You get a, a day to get shit set up and get to where you got to go. Because uh, really, you're taping ROH anyway after uh, Dynamite. So no one needs to be on the road for Friday either. You just run the show. So... Uh, but I see 33 strong here in the chat room. Uh, ben Hamin uh, channel. Uh, Johnny Sigs in the house. He's ready to sweat and bump at Upstate Wrestling uh, Entertainment tonight. Um, uh, Mike Martin's here. Gully Blanchard, Frank's Pickle Barrel Ass. Uh, as always, the Retro Rocket Review. Reviews and reviewing all those uh, rockets twice. Uh, Aaron Bench, Shlomo from the. Chosen Tribe, Javi Uchiha, and uh, plenty of others. Medium fives here too. Uh, good to see you guys. Hope everybody's having a, a great summer so far, and uh, didn't blow your hand off or anything like that on Fourth of July. So, uh, but I'll be on the road this weekend, man. Uh, there's going to be Immortal Things Four in Kabul, Skill Skill New York, and defending my Immortal Heavyweight title for the first time. Uh, trying to keep me in the dark as to who I'm uh, going to face, but maybe I'll just choose my own opponent. So it'll be a good weekend. And then the following weekend back across, the, much like AEW across the border here, St. Catharines, Ontario for Crossfire Championship Wrestling. So uh big week ahead, man. Uh, some big opponents, big matches, big title defenses. Uh, it ain't easy being champ. <laughs> Uh it ain't easy being this guy too a legend uh, quick health update on Jim Ross after taking a bump uh prior to AEW collisions debut show he says on his podcast uh I'm feeling pretty good you know I think I'm getting better every day I just had a string of bad luck health wise which is very unusual for me cuz knock on wood I've been blessed with good health when you get to be 71 you're trying to live a young man's life and a young man's business going on the road every week you can get very challenging so that's what I kind of find myself in that situation But what happened was, you know, it was a hell of a story, at least it was for me. I got up and not like a lot of um, other people, I had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So I hopped out of bed, go to my bathroom, and I apparently tripped over my CPAP cord. And when I did, I fell face first in the end table next to my bed. And the corner uh, of it hit over there somewhere. So I had this huge knot immediately, and my eye swelled shut almost immediately. But I was so sleepy and so out of it, I just got back in bed. I think I actually went to the bathroom. Mother Nature won that match, and then I got back in bed. (laughs) The next morning when I wake up, that was my flight to Chicago to do that first show we're talking about here, collision, and that's all I was thinking about. I woke up and I had a badass headache, but okay, a headache ain't going to keep good old JR out of work. Uh, But I had a bad headache, which uh, was a result of a concussion, and my only thought was I got to finish packing and get on the road. That's kind of what I did, but I was very unstable. Everything was foggy, and I didn't have – and I would have been better off staying at home, period, but the hard-headedness and being stubborn, I felt like I had a commitment and that I had uh, and that much I wanted to fulfill. So I got dressed and slowly in my driver and I had the same driver that drives me to the airport, picks me up, brings me home every week. He knows when I'm not staying there ready to go to go upstairs where I live. But I was downstairs waiting in a little un- un- unsteady ground and flew to Chicago as the day went on in Chicago. My voice kept going in and out. I didn't know what the hell that was. Uh, I thought, well, I'll get over it. I'll drink a lot of hot tea or hot coffee or whatever, hot something, and make that work for me. But it was just too much to overcome, and I apologize for how I sounded. I didn't intend to sound that way. I didn't intend to sound that way. Uh, I didn't want to sound that way. And uh, I know I disappointed a lot of people. I disappointed me. I don't think it made anybody in AEW real happy how I sounded, but I was doing the best I could. Wow. Oh, Jesus. This is a long one. Uh, (laughs) Well, I'm just going to keep going here. Uh, But as uh, far as going back in the road, I don't have a return date. Tony Khan's been very nice and take all the time you need. And if you want to take several weeks off for summer or whatever you like to do, just get healthy. So I appreciate that fact. And he's been patient with me and that he's encouraging my good health because that's really the main thing. And it gives us all an eye opener. There's nothing more important than our health. And so many times we take it for granted. I have for years. So I'm going to be a bit more aware of my health. I'm going to take a little bit, uh, be aware of how I take care of myself. But in the meantime, I've been here at home. Um, yeah, man, 71, dude, the guy's been in this wrestling business for 50 years, (laughs) you know, and, uh. Hey, to say this is going to sound sad, but it's a sad truth for a lot of people, man. And after he lost his wife and nobody's kind of there to help, I've fallen and I can't get up scenario, you know, and knocks his head and just the old instincts of got to make the show uh, brother and can't let him down. And then you show up half concussed and you know, I gotta believe probably infinitely sad man in his heart about uh, you know uh, how things are and the loss and people we lose in our lives that are our closest and super hard to even imagine it. You don't want to have to imagine it, but uh, scenarios like this are kind of a little byproduct of not having somebody there to say, "Hey, you're not going and lay down. Your eyes all fucked up. You're concussed. Let's go to the hospital." Instead, you just try and push through and you know because that's his family kind of now you don't want to let them down uh i'm glad he's doing okay and i'm glad tony khan's like please grandpa (laughs) you you can hang out on the porch for a while it's gonna be all right you know you just let it heal my dad took a bad bump uh last uh summer and was, was out of it for 12 months you know so uh and uh you know nobody beats father time boys uh that's what it comes down to and uh you want to hold out of this shit as long as you can and play any part you can and not let the boys down and sometimes you just got to be like okay it's time to hang up the spurs you know what i mean like what else is there left for jr to do and and i uh, hope that he would be in a community where he has some type of help alert or call or something like that a, a man could be too proud to use that stuff but like you know anybody can trip over any cord and some shit can happen but uh he's taking a couple spills you know and uh i wonder and this is just me hypothetically thinking i'd like to see if he got tested for like mini strokes and things along those lines you know if things like this uh keep happening and he's gonna you know, worry about his health like he says here I think that should be be checked out, you know, because uh, it's like JR is everybody's grandpa, especially 90s kids. <laughs> so we want the best for him, and, uh, you know, he's been through a rough situation, uh, losing his wife uh, in the past, and seems like Russell uh, community rallied around him no matter what, but that is still is going to help soften the blow, but uh, there's still, you know <laughs> – a loneliness in our later days, I guess, to some degree, man, tough stuff. Uh, but our best, to good old JR man. Uh, maybe he's in the Illuminati and he's uh guy in part of the black eye club. Uh, get me black guy club. What? Uh let's see. What's good here. Oh, my arms are and did, uh, Stevie Richards fitness yesterday. I think I overdid it. Actually. Uh, he sent me these awesome, lit uh that's not what the kids are saying lit uh no they're they're called lit uh brand smart resistance bands i haven't tied them to the app yet but i used them yesterday and used the heavier version of them and i had a great workout man but i am paying the price today i did full body and uh i definitely overdid it i got a t-rex arm on my left side here right now because that uh Uh, that arm definitely, uh, stiffened up on me overnight here. So plenty of stretching to do for tonight, but, uh, you guys, let's get to it. Got a punch in and punch out plenty of cannabis to do. And got to train the kids tonight and, uh, all the great shit to get ready for this weekend and beat the hell out of somebody and hand out some $5 face slaps. But this is your AEW dynamite, uh, review results for, July the 5th, Kenny Omega versus Wheeler, Utah, in a blind eliminator tag tournament matches. So some interesting concepts tonight with the, the tag tournament blind eliminator matches. Some things were like, eh, because we didn't, we were just jamming out and we didn't understand the blind eliminator part of it, I guess, because they spit, they split butcher and blade up. And we're like, why are they in two different matches instead of together? But the first one to kick off um, the show is Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland with Prince Nana versus Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy in a Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament quarterfinals match. Uh, I like that they at least tried to salvage the fallout between uh, Swerve Our Glory or whatever it is, Keith Lee, and, or Bearcat and Swerve, and uh, and got it over. Uh, but we also had um the roh tag champs out there. Um, and uh, that was the other meme. Uh, trench, I guess, has been future endeavored from AEW with a record of zero and zero. So, uh, he got paroled, I guess, from D block and is out. Uh, but I thought they did a pretty good job here of what they needed to do which uh, is make Keith Lee a giant and a beast. And the double team stuff they did got a little bit, uh, <laughs> uh, a little bit swing dancey. Uh, but some of it was cool of what they were trying to do of hit him with a uh, stun dog millionaire and uh, couldn't do it. And Lee powers him out, switch reverse, hit him another way, hit him another way till they finally get it on him. And then uh, hits a code red on him. Uh, I thought that was a a good little spot in there and fun and could go wrong. But, uh, dude, Keith Lee, Bearcats up, some Just for Men uh, brushing, a good clean shave and no more wizard, uh, you know, robe or whatever. Dude, the guy looks like a Sherman tank. And if he could even just drop naturally, you know, X amount of more weight. I don't say he's got to be Bobby Lashley or nothing. He's his own dude. He looks like a house, man. And just dropping a little weight is going to help him move better, take some pressure off his joints because he's just a a massive individual and impressive to see in the ring. And all he needed was a shave and black don't crack. He looks as young as he ever did. Uh, Just get the grays out. Um, But uh, in the end, it's going to be Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen um, because uh, Strixland catches Darby Allen with a backbreaker, tosses Cassidy over to Lee hooks for a spinning back kick, but Cassidy moves out of the way and and Strickland hits Keith Lee. Cassidy then catches Strickland with a diving DDT and Allen pins up for the win. So I like this finish because it does business uh, between Swerve and um, Bearcat and gets it to that next level. There was, uh, I think before this, uh, a pre-tape that happened. I remember because Bearcat was backstage getting chewed out uh, uh, telling him to get, to get along by Darby Allen. And he's like, he's got a lot of balls on him, doesn't he? Or whatever, or like get out there and do it. So, um, yeah, it, the the crowd was hot for this, but it's the opener. And again, some of these things leave you scratching your head, but this finish actually did business and I, I, I didn't mind it. And they made Keith Lee size in the beginning. There was a big deal. Keith Lee build the fuck out of uh, Darby, and he went flying, man. Not, that that's always a great spot for a big man uh, to throw a small guy like that. If you can get him, uh, do your thing. Yeah, he tells Keith, "Lee, like, get your head out of your ass." Uh, so mm-hmm. get your head in my ass, Deuce. Come here. Uh, after that, uh, we get uh, Lee fist bumps, Cassie and Darby Allen as Strictly and Prince Nana leave ringside. We then head back to Tony Schiavone, and uh, he catching up with Jungle Jack Perry as he pulls up to the arena. Perry says, Hook's actions last week were ridiculous. Then he says he's on his way to Tony's office to demand the FTW championship match. Hook blindsides Perry, but Perry hops back into the car and takes off quickly. Um, So lucky he didn't go into Tony Khan's office because Miro and – what the hell's their name? have been in there forever. Uh, I think this is like a month four of them living in there uh, as well. Um, back from break, we head over to a video of MJF. Yeah, Thunder Rosa. Thank you. Uh, back from break, we head over to a video of MJF and Adam Cole working out and training together at the gym. Uh, back at ringside, uh, that, so that, that's just a gloss over. That was really funny. I mean, uh, it's all tongue-in-cheek waka waka wrestle crap but i'm fine with that because these are fun sketches to produce so outside he's uh waiting for cole and he calls him leaving voice message cole opens door he's like where you been i've been here doing cardio for an hour uh whoa hey where's your shirt so they get in all the funny um odd couple stuff right out of the gate uh, I think the timing's good on this and the relationship and acting of both of these guys. Their work is good on the mic. They both come through the camera very, very well. Uh, MJF uh, is uh, checking out some climate change and uh, taking a little uh, B12 in uh, Florida water, listening to some advice. And uh, he gets down, or, well, he he's, uh, does a, a rack of weights. I can't remember what he had on there. He had 345s on each side. So uh, whatever six forty-five plate plates plus a 45 pound bar is. And he reps it out and it's a good set and he's strong as shit. And then, uh, they're, they're ribbon on, uh, uh, morbidly obese guy who I believe was puff indie wrestler puff over there, uh, and, uh, doing his workout and trying to fat shame him with some really bad, uh, fat guy jokes could have definitely wrote some better ones than that. Uh, but then Adam Cole plays the woke guy and says, that's not nice to do. And, uh, he's going to, now he's going to, uh, do the bench press. And, uh, and Jeff goes, you want me to strip it down for your Briz? Take some weight off. And he's like, no, I got it. And, uh, gets down underneath and then they cut in close on Cole. So you can't see the plates on the outside And there's probably a guy on either side, not probably, definitely, a guy on either side lifting uh, that off, a 315, uh, 280 plus a bar, yeah. So 315, which Adam Cole is definitely not repping, 315, not even once. And and Cole gets a full set out, (laughs) but they've got it zoomed in on there. So this is a really good camera trick for the odd couple stuff because now MJF gets to react. And everybody who says Cole doesn't have muscles and is a pussy and all the trolls, this is a shit right in their fucking mouths right here. This is good stuff. This is feels like stuff I would have written. (laughs) Uh, So not only do we get a good reaction from MJF who's buddying up to him because he fears them. But at the same time, they're going to make money together and get this odd couple thing over. But that's a good slam without saying it on on the internet. I thought this scene was very, very good and very well done uh, and fun. It's things like this that WWE used to be great at, and now they don't do any of this shit. And it shows that you only got to show two muscle dummies or two fucking, you know, (laughs) guys from wrestling working out in the gym, and it's what we do there to develop their relationship. You could do a gym scene every week. So uh yeah, that big shout out to Puff, man. Uh, I know a lot of indie workers are probably pumped to see Puff out there doing his thing. Um, but yeah, man, it's these small little blackout scenes that make everything else work. Back at ringside, uh, the acclaimed and daddy ass uh head down to the ring, and the Bollywood boys and Blade are already waiting inside. So uh Bollywood boys getting a spot. Obviously, you haven't seen much of them since uh, WWE days but uh, a very well-seasoned tag team who have been around for over 15 years probably now, <laughs> and the Blade uh, and uh, the Acclaimed uh, and Billy Gunn. So what's weird here is we've got this mix of the Blade and these guys, and we're going to get Butcher in another match, but we've got Acclaimed. So it seems to me like it should be Acclaimed and somebody else, not Billy Gunn, like a rando, you know? It's weird. The other thing that's weird is the acclaimed have pink on. I get it. We're all Bret Hart marks. And then so do the Bollywood boys. (laughs) So we've got uh, two sets of light-skinned guys, light-skinned brown guys, both wearing pink. Um, That's not how it's supposed to go down. So, uh, uh, you know, and obviously Don Stevens uh, is your referee. So, um, but uh they get all their shit in pretty much, all the scissor me daddy stuff, super scissor me daddy in the ring. Nobody even really has to work hard in this, to be honest with you. Uh shoulder tackle, they run the international spot to open. Uh, they just add a uh an extra leapfrog in it. It was a nice spot. Um, back body drop. Bowens follows it up with those scissor me timbers. <laughs> That's funny. Uh Bowens then hits uh the then scissors caster and gun. Back from the break, Gervin and Bowens tag in. Uh, Gerv rolls up Bowens, but Gerv kicks out. Gun, I don't know what it says, Gerv. Uh, Gun tags in and plants Gerv and then tags Caster back in, lands the Macho Man elbow drop for the win. Acclaim the daddy ass over. Uh, I kind of popped on the way out. I don't know what he said to him or what he did, but uh, Billy Gun was ribbing the security guy and then gave him a big hug or whatever. Like he didn't give a shit that he was even on TV. He was just having fun uh made made me laugh but bollywood boys out of nowhere i don't know if they've been on rampage if they been on something else they're just booked the bollywood boys you know so i mean good for them dude they're they're good they took some hella bumps back in the day in wwe dude bollywood boys took some serious fucking bumps for gender uh, the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn Scissor in the ring after match, but Harley Cameron interrupts them on the Titantron, uh, the Titantron. Uh, she says she thinks it's fair that she's interrupted them after they did the same to her while well, she was trying to show off her gimmicks, I mean talents. Uh, she then announces that she's made a video for The Acclaimed and Gunn that she's going to premiere next week because she's the best rapper on the show and she's got bars to spit, so... Uh, white girl, bad bunny rap coming next week. And uh, I hope it's as terrible as it should be, you know, um, or the fact that she, <laughs> here's what I really was interested in. Is she going to do a role reverse Hameen? Uh, Which means mm, kiss me Kayla. That's right. Kayla Sparks. I don't care if you've got, a rainbow flag or not, I'm irresistible to all women, right? Like, is she going to be tone deaf to Bowen's being, uh, openly gay man and still think that she's sexy enough to flip him and, and get her to kiss him very much. Like (laughs) I'm doing at the same spot right now. It'll be interesting to see which way things go. So She's attractive. I thought she cut a good promo. Uh, she's annoying and sexy. So I thought this was good. And <laughs> what the with the other rib is, is that if she wants to stay in the mix with the gay guys, then she's kind of off limits to in the Mark's eyes. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> they would want to see her as a baby face being sexy to get with her but they hate her and she's not going to give them anything because she's pursuing the gay dudes. I think that's fucking funny. Um, We then head over to a video of John Moxley. Moxley reflects on his relationship with Eddie Kingston over the years and asks what's left there for him to complain about. He says it bothers him to hear Kingston complain about the younger generation because they paved the way for, they paved the way for them and tells them to answer their phone. Uh, we then see Renee Paquette and RJ city draw the name of Matt Hardy's tag team partner in the blind eliminator. And it's Jeff, not Jeff Hardy, Jeff Jarrett and Matt Hardy hates Jeff Jarrett and storms off. Um, and then like Renee continues the bit, which made me laugh, but she makes RJ city close the thing up and start spinning it again. He's like, it's hard to do. She's like, it's in the wrist. And she just cracks whip on RJ city. Like they're back there spinning that, uh, thing with all the the rando balls in it. That's funny to me. Uh, Back from break, Y2J makes his way down to the ring, better known as Chris Jericho. And this is where Don Callis makes Chris Jericho an offer he can't refuse. Uh, Illuminati sighting, Chris Jericho with a jacket that looked very much like uh, Lady Gaga's uh, outfit from the Super Bowl where they lower her in with the broken glass. Broken glass everywhere. People pissing in the stairs. No, they just don't care. No, like the broken mirror jacket. Interesting symbolism-wise. Jericho knows what he's doing, but also has a cross on. Uh, and looks super rock star, you know, but these are the small things I pick up on. And um, says maybe it's time for him to re- reevaluate after some losses recently. And But he reminisces over the days of training with Stu. This kind of popped me because... <clears throat> I don't think, I don't think as a shoot, he did this on purpose, but even commentary was ribbing him. The whole crowd goes, Stu, but he's in the moment and goes, you're booing Stu Hart and like was shoot hot at them and didn't realize they were saying Stu and commentary had to cover that. And they were snickering at him and laughing at him after that, that they were doing it. So some funny stuff that way, because he didn't really play it up. I think that he really thought they were booing Stu Hart. Not big fans of the dungeon anymore, I guess. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, where are we? Um, but then he names all the towns uh in, in every province, uh, you know, from Saskatoon to Nova Scotia, whatever. And um people are popping for they're like, Yeah, I know these uh loosely French named places. Uh Don Kallis comes out and uh buries Omega. Uh, And talks about he's the one who hooked up Omega with the match in Tokyo Dome versus uh, Jericho or hooked Jericho up with it. And that's what really was the catalyst to AEW and set all this in motion. He says they've been friends for 34 years, best friends for 34 years, I guess. Uh, And uh, then, you know, invoicing and join the Catalyst family, Jericho, like I said earlier, says he starts factions, he don't join them. But uh wants an answer, and he goes, maybe. So uh, maybe I will join. So I guess I I do join them. I don't know. Um, but that's, it's kind of like uh, Jericho walking up old school WCW, like cocky. But, like, tune in next week. They know they're ending on, like, a flat note. So Callis has to stand there in the ring kind of shocked and, like, oh, oh while Jericho's cocky and walks off, like, Stay tuned. So, the courting of Chris Jericho, that storyline's probably starting right now. So, I don't know. We could have maybe workshopped a couple different outs right here to end on a high note and an edit because to just walk out of a scene isn't that really much of a high note. This is really a transition scene. We probably should have ended with some type of action in a show don't tell. Uh, how we could have stepped on that without without overclocking that business, I'd have to think about it for a little while. Um, But that's all good. Uh, MJF and Adam Cole make their way down the ring. Uh, Daddy Magic, Matt Menard and the Butcher are already waiting inside. So again, here we are with strange uh, bedfellows uh, in the Eliminator Tag Team quarterfinals match after. and And to have a match right before this with the other guy's tag partner was just i don't know strange strange um so they're kind of underselling it uh, i guess a little here in the rewrites uh, the mjf adam cole stuff is what's getting over the the budding relationship and showing it mjf comes out cuts his music right away cuz he knows adam cole's baby face entrance is more over Adam Cole, they come out, they do a a together boom thing where Adam Cole's up on the apron. You can see Adam's, like, not really trusting him. He's like, he's trying to steal my spotlight. But MJF pops up and holds the ropes open for him. A genuine act to to do. Small things. These are very, very small character things that mean something in the greater storyline of what they're trying to do. And and, um, he's just making the choice of saying, yeah, my character is going to be genuine here, but underneath it all, you know uh, that Satan is there. <laughs> and that's the weirdest part of this, because afterwards the match is what the what the business really is. Um, but MJF and Cole versus Matt Menard and Butcher, you know who's going over. So that's the problem with these weird eliminator things. Like this is to facilitate those guys getting over, but you know what it is. So let's just get to it and get to the business or the laugh that we're trying to get to. Um, But uh, in the end, it's a a super kick and a boom on, uh, on Menard uh, for uh, the win with MJF and Cole going over. Uh, Yeah. You know, you knew what was going to happen, but then MJF throws an impromptu surprise birthday party for Adam Cole. and, big streamers go off and it's a good visual and it's fun and the crowd's like whoa and Adam Cole's half uh you know acting surprised but then out comes all the production guys with the cake and whatever it is the party hats and balloons and no offense to the production guys or indie workers playing production guys but nobody wants to see these guys on camera like doing stuff like it makes no sense whatsoever why would they not go to Fort Erie, Lundy's Lane, hire five fucking strippers from the Sundowner and bring them on over and, and, and put them on tour to come down to be the cake bearers and da da da, da. And then you've got something da, da, you know, backstage because they both shit on Shivani in that other scene too, that, that popped me. But later, if we would have done that and shown Adam Cole with the girls, we could have had an awkward moment with Britt Baker and Adam Cole oh, it looked like you had a fun birthday party out there with your new friends. Didn't you? You know, I was like, God damn, we're, we're missing on a lot of punch-ups right here. The, the idea is good. The execution's good. Uh, but you got to take this scene to pound town. You, I mean, sexy girls. And then like, he's getting too close to, you can tell that Cole knows that this is all a work, right? But if MJF keeps being genuine, he's going to win them over. Whether it's sex, money, fun, saving them, being kind, da-da-da-da-da, you are waiting for the other shoe to drop. But if it never does, then everybody else becomes the jealous one and Cole has to stick up for him. It's interesting. It's very Sami Zayn. It really is very Sami Zayn joining the bloodline to some degree. You know, we had to take bullets and it'll be believable. But to march out the uh, audiovisual goofs (laughs) nobody wants to see was not the smart choice. Hire some fucking strippers to bring out the cake. Uh, It even looks like, uh, you know, MJF is going to heal on him there. Cole shoot reverse and MJF eats the cake. But then he genuinely thanks him for the surprise birthday uh, in a funny moment with MJF with cake all over his face. Uh, And it was a good scene at the end. These these little in-ring things take a lot of timing, and and if you get it wrong, it's going to die on the vine like a Bailey's uh, This Is Your Life segment. And this could have easily done that. MJF singing and trying to do boys to men and all that and getting cut off. Great stuff. All that is great wrestle crap. I love all that shit, man. Um, so it was... It, it was good and the match, you know, was just fodder in the beginning to get to this point. But uh we definitely could have punched this up with some strippers because that would have I mean we could always punch this up with some strippers, pal. Um that would have given us a good moment later with Britt and and Adam Cole, and we didn't set that up. Backstage though, uh, back at ringside, Britt Baker uh heads down to the ring. Uh Oh, sorry, I skipped something here. Uh, back from break, we head back to Renee Paquette. Y2J, Daniel Garcia, and Sammy Guevara. Guevara and Garcia question Jericho's confrontation with Don Callis earlier. And Jericho says, maybe isn't a yes or a no. Uh, Paquette then announces that Garcia and Guevara will be teaming in the Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament, and Jericho tells them to use this as an opportunity to prove themselves because there may come a time when they'll need to spread their wings and fly, little birdies. Um, da, da, da. Back at ringside, uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, heads out. The Outcasts follow. Uh, Ruby Soho with the Outcasts versus Britt Baker, DMD, in the Owen Hart Cup Tournament quarterfinals. Looks like we missed the write-up here. Uh, Britt Baker did have a pre-tape backstage cutting a big promo about it where she brought out the big pink belt. It's uh, bigger than every other belt you've ever seen in your life. Um, but uh, yeah, what instead of a belt, we had a shield, somebody had a shield instead. Uh, in an Owen Hart C- Cup tournament quarterfinal match, whatever that means. So, we got eliminator, blind eliminator, tourneys, we got quarterfinals, we got all this. Shit. Um, bell rings to lock up, so rolls out for a breather because that's too much, slides back inside, delivers an arm drag. Baker and so get back forth. Submission holds before Britt Baker lands a shoulder block and a sling blade. Uh, Some people call it a Kaiser blade. i call it a sling blade. Uh, Soho drags Baker to the outside, then delivers a forearm. Baker finds herself surrounded by Tony Storm and Soraya and Soho levels her. Uh, We get a, we go to break uh, a bunch of bullshit happens. Uh, Baker levels Soraya and Storm. She slides into the ring to join Ruby Soho, but Soho rolls her up with some assistance from Saraya and Storm of the Wren. This was a weird uh, finish for some reason. Uh got confounded. I know we were talking about some other stuff, but it was out of nowhere, and it didn't really have any timing, and we are all kind of like, uh, what happened? Uh, but your winner's Ruby Soho, and sometimes that shit happens. Uh, with too many cooks in the kitchen. After the match, Sky Blue appears and stares down Ruby Soho ahead of their semifinals everybody looks at her butt cheeks so um yeah this segment was not the best you know it really too much going on there's some uh picture floating around on the internet right now of tone of the outcasts all in sexy uh fishnet underwear lingerie and i and and i guess it's from a picture that they took that was a promo picture And somebody put it through the AI and and said, use this picture and create a sexy model pose or whatever the fuck for it. And all the shoes are the same. And it's pretty damn convincing of a Photoshop job by AI, apparently. Uh, And they look hot. They, I mean, it's, it's sexy, but it's tastefully done like anything else. But then you're like exploiting women or whatever. But I'd be like, fuck it. I'll sign it (laughs) 20 bucks. I'll sign it. So, uh, interesting. Uh, back at ring, ringside. Uh, oh, I'm gonna catch up for that. Wheeler Yuta heads down, and then Kenny Omega follows. Uh, the bell rings, uh, and Yuta blindsides Omega. He delivers a series of chops and right hands, and Omega fires back with chops and right hands of his own. And Yuta bites Omega's head, but Omega wh- uh, whips him uh, into his head and follows up with a back body drop. All right, so I, I want to stop right here because. There's things I really liked here in this match that I thought were really good uh, out of the gate. And I know uh, Bischoff put over Omega and uh, Osprey because it was definitely the the new school high spot, but it had old school psychology. And when something's good, I'm going to say it's good just like Bischoff does because he's been pretty hypercritical of AEW. But when you see good wrestling and guys putting out effort, you can't just fucking be like fuck those guys, shit on them, right? They're only five foot eight. Who cares if they if they got the match locked and it's tight and and they're doing it right, it's right. So in the beginning of this, where they're in the corners, he chops them, and Omega does one simple thing that I tell my students, and he just sells away uh, counterclockwise and down to the next turnbuckle. Waits, comes down, gets chopped again, goes to the next one, the next one, and back. You go all the way around the horn. It seems like you did a lot, but you only took four chops as opposed to standing in the same corner, taking four chops, and now none of them don't mean anything, and only that, that side of the audience got to see it. If you work all four corners, uh, hopefully, if we're not working the J-hook and we're working in the round, that all people on all sides of the show got to see and feel a chop, not just one corner over there. Everyone got a little piece of it. It's very simple, but some guys can't. They just be like, chop me, chop me, chop me. They don't think about ring awareness where they are. So to see Kenny go around and work all four corners, and then Yuta kind of didn't. He just stayed in the corner and he walked down to one and Kenny had to go get him, as opposed to going all the way around that to me shows a, a big difference in uh veteran mindset of how things are done. So, uh, I, I wanted to put that over. I mean, I know it seems simple and opening chops to, to light shit up, but just going around that ring showed me more, you know, uh, of that old school psychology mixed with new school mindset, strong style. So, um, I wanted to put that over you bites Omega's head. I do that move, but Omega whips him into his head and follows with a back body drop backbreaker, big boot across the jaw, plants him face first. Uta lands a drop kick, goes to the top rope, hits a missile drop kick, kicks up top rope, suicida. Uh Utah sends Omega into the barricade and follows up on the neck breaker on the floor. They were putting over the uh barricade spot like it was super dangerous. Omega hit hard, but I thought he hit pretty safely compared to other things. Um but they were acting like oh my god, but maybe. Uh Utah then delivers an elbow to the back of Omega's neck on the apron. Uh here's one thing that they they were putting over but the Utah should have worked it more. If everybody's talking about the Osprey stuff, And Omega's got the K-tape on his back and neck. Osprey should have, or excuse me, Yuta should have been trying to rip that tape off, rip all those things off, and Kenny can sell it like his hair is getting ripped off. And then work that neck vice, work that elbow into the trap, work that head crank, head in the buckles, you know, all that kind of stuff. Put him on his face, face down, put his head on one side of the post and pull on his arm on the other really work all that stuff that Osprey's softened up or that everybody's talking about, why work anything else? Like missile drop kicks and shit like that. And suicidas like throw them out in the barricade, fine with it, but get the tape off them and work that heat on there. That's what the story is. So I was like, ah, uh, is he gonna? And we really didn't. He just kind of got his shit in. Uh, Cause back from break, Utah looks for the senton, Omega knees up, right hands uh, at double axe handle Omega using a lot of like old school shit until he hits a fisherman's buster. Looks for the V, v trigger. Yuda ducks it. Omega uh, big superplex where both guys sold. I was glad to see that. Uh, pair go back and forth with strikes. For Yuda hits a German. That was those the the Snapdragon one scares me to fucking take. I don't like it. But he hits it. V trigger one winged angel. Yuda escapes that. Power bomb, but here comes uh, March. Uh, marches down callous, and security stops him. Referee becomes distracted. In comes Takashita from the other side. to sneak up on Omega hits the blue thunder bomb. Yuta ascends to the top, delivers a frog splash, goes to the pin, but Omega kicks out and hits a one-winged angel for the win. So sometimes we get so close with the psychology, and I don't mind the misdirection spot. But why do the misdirection spot, have the heel come in, hit his shit, you bury it, only to get your shit over? Like, do the misdirection spot, have him run in, turn, know it's coming, cut him off, fuck over Takashita. Wheeler, Yuta goes for roll-up, whatever, you roll through, hit him with the fucking knee right there, then give him the shit. Because if you're going over... Why get hit with the with the heel stuff and bury it? Tease that the heel stuff's coming, figure it out, cut him off, get over on the heel, get over on the other heel, and be the Superman you're supposed to be, and just escape in time of being like, I saw the trap coming. Don't get the trap sprung on you and then bury the trap. That's a that's a problem in their psychology. because he did so much good old school stuff in here. Then we get to where it should have, and they could have gotten to the same point they wanted to, but they Omega never should have got hit with that blue thunder bomb fucking shit from uh Takashita. Never, so uh, like it just leaves me scratching my head. Then after the match, forget about it, uh, because uh, Claudio Castanoli and Takashita beat down Omega. The Elite run down with chairs to make the save. The Young Bucks deliver the BTE trigger on Claudio and then hold him in place for Hangman Page to hit him with a chair, which is a super heel thing to do, not a baby face thing to do. But then the Dark Order run in and grab the chair out of his hand and it goes off the air. So the Bucks aren't really mega heels and would want to, hey, let's fucking brain this guy. That had me scratching my head too. And the way the timing on this one thing to the next thing to the next thing just too chaotic. And then to mix in dark order out of nowhere. I mean, I know they got the Adam Page business, it just wasn't um the high point you kind of want to leave uh on. And I guess they went a couple minutes overtime on their overrun here, too. So maybe Khan's buying TBS and TNT and he can do whatever he wants, do as thou wilt, but um there was good stuff in a lot of segments on this, but a couple of them ended confusing, especially this and the girls. They're just overclocking business, and you, you're not really sure what to focus on. Uh, and, again, I would have liked to have seen Wheeler Utah strictly work heat on all that Will Ospreay controversy on that. Why not get that over if that's what's been in the feed, man? That's an easy heat to do instead of getting your shit in. Fuck it. Um, but I I liked us, how they made Bearcat in the opener, the weird eliminator stuff is kind of strange while we got other things going on. So some confusing choices with gimmick matches, I guess, of, of mixed pairs tonight. But again, we're probably on a skeleton schedule, uh, or skeleton crew of what we got in Canada with us. So you got to use the players you got, you know what I mean? Uh, we all can't draft an all star team all the time, so um, but I would have liked to see Ethan Page shine. I'm glad uh, you guys smartened me up that he was on collision and got a title shot. I mean, he can't shine much more than that, but uh, uh definitely could have used some TV time here in front of the home crowd. I would have liked to seen Lance Storm, would have liked to seen Trailer Park Boys, Letter Kenny, Bare Naked Ladies tragically hip anybody, you know what I mean? Uh, ambassadors of Canada. I did like, uh, the acclaims, uh, shots on Trudeau, uh, and, uh, you know, getting their Canada stuff in, uh, the rap got over, like it always does. No doubt about that. So, uh, but y'all, uh, man, we're right about an hour, 33 strong here with all the HMG unit soldiers. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in on a, a Thursday afternoon live. Make sure you're subscribing to channelattitude.com. Uh, check your email, because I know there's going to be some changes. I just went through the back end, pal, show me your back end. Yeah, with uh, Jeff and the web developers. So I'm uploading shows there as well. I'm not sure when that crossover is going to happen. I think maybe this weekend. Um, So you may have to refresh your RSS feed or reset a password. I don't know. Uh, But uh, all your HMG shows should be on there. Uh, because I'm uploading them to both places where they are now, guys. So if you have any issues that way, just make sure you uh, send, uh, I think it's info at channelattitude.com or maybe help. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, that's where you're going to get exclusive Friday locker room content. Some real hot discussions, uh, there with Strangler Steve and I, uh, breaking it all down as well. Uh, Big Ray uh, just posted the A show, he's got the next level review up there, Impact Attacks Up as well as Rampage and SmackDown Live Review. Check out all the great HMG unit soldiers uh, doing their thing, man. I can't say thank you enough to everybody kicking ass, uh, Kaz and El Plaza and big shout-out to Rick Vickery, and uh, especially GGP, too. Uh, some some family stuff going on there, too. So we're, we're thinking about all you guys. And uh, always thinking about my buddy, uh, the Hoocher, my man Hooch, on July 4th, man, when I lost him 11 years ago now. So, Uh, hopefully you guys, uh, doing some great remembering and making some great moments this summer to, to live your lives. And, and we're in the background, that's all the better, whether you're on the road or in the cubicle or mowing the lawn, uh, doing whatever you got to do, bring $5. I'll slap you across your moron face. I'll be in cobalt skill. Uh, (laughs) happy to cut some promos on your kids. Tell them summer's canceled and that they're going to summer school get back to school while cameos should be hot this year horseshoe genetics.com for the best cannabis seeds on the market as well. And, uh, another big cannabis briz day tomorrow for me, but I'll be back uh, to do the SmackDown live self-help group tomorrow night. So tune in, we'll rock out, have some good times on a Friday night. Uh, only Smiths, no liquor before a big match. That's for sure. So, uh, but y'all lost. stay cool stay air conditioned or sweat your nuts off and rot yourself in Christian hell it's hacker I hum- hum- mean you know what infidels we are-